Dr. Craig, we interact with some top scholarship on this podcast. Occasionally, we like to look and just see what the layperson uh, is saying. And this is a terrific blog. She's a great writer, and she goes by Godless Mom. She's a mom, pretty typical mom. She is an atheist, and she blogs on various topics. This particular blog I thought we would look at, how can you believe that something came from nothing? And she starts off, <laughs> she says, the height of my science career was making paper mache volcanoes in grade two that erupted into a, a pungent <laughs> vinegary mess. Right. And so she's saying, science blows my mind, and uh, my understanding of it is pretty much limited to, whoa, cool, you know. So yeah. she says, so when theists ask me way too often, how can I believe that something came from nothing, you can understand how absurd the question is to me. I mean, I don't know the first thing about what may have existed before the Big Bang. Now, I want to interrupt at this point, Kevin, because I think this is the first misunderstanding that Godless Mom um, evinces here. The question that these theists are asking, how can something come from nothing, is not a scientific question. It's a philosophical question. It's a metaphysical question. And you don't need to know anything about the Big Bang. Godless Mom's ignorance of Big Bang cosmology is irrelevant to the question of how can something come from nothing, um, which is a metaphysical question. And so often I find lay people are even more naive when it comes to philosophical issues than they are when it comes to scientific issues. And I, I think that's the case here. What these theists that she's spoken to are evidently presupposing is some version of the Kalam cosmological argument. And so I'm very proud of them to be asking this sort of question. They're presupposing an argument that would go something like this. Uh, whatever begins to exist has a cause. Secondly, the universe began to exist, therefore the universe has a cause. Now, relevant to the second premise, that the universe began to exist, would be the evidence of Big Bang cosmology that she mentions. But that's not relevant to the truth of the first premise. Whatever begins to exist has a cause. Things don't just pop into being out of nothing. That's a philosophical and metaphysical statement about which you need to know nothing about Big Bang cosmology in order to, to assess its truth. So the theists are not talking to her about the evidence, philosophical or scientific, for the beginning of the universe. What they're asking her about is the first premise of the argument, um, that whatever begins to exist has a cause. And, and how can she deny that premise. Mm. And she says, I guess in the 42 years I've been an atheist, I just never got the memo that I was supposed to believe that something came from nothing. My position has always been instead that, I don't know, it's a big fat shrug. Yes, I sure hope this shrug isn't a shrug of indifference, because I think this would show a lack of intellectual curiosity. Um, I think these are profound philosophical questions that merit thinking about. And if she isn't interested in them or simply chooses not to think about them, that's fine. That's her prerogative. But 
for those of us who are interested in these profound questions, I think it's very important to to think about them and to try to ask um, where the universe came from and um, if something can come into being out of nothing. She says at the bottom of the page, it's strange to me that some believers think that atheism is a position on the origins of the universe. Uh, that because we don't believe a God made all this, that we must have some other explanation. It simply does not cross their mind that our answer might be, I don't know. Now, what's clear is that uh, with respect to the origin of the universe, um, if you don't believe that a God <coughs> made all of this, as the theist does, then there must be some other explanation. It doesn't follow, she says, that the atheist knows what it is, he can confess ignorance. I don't know the explanation. But clearly, if theism is not the explanation of the origin of the universe, then there must be some other explanation. So what could it be? So if God is not the explanation, it seems to me that there are basically only two explanations. Either the universe is past eternal, that is to say it never began to exist, it's just always been there, or else it came into being out of nothing. It just popped into being uncaused. So the atheist has to take his pick between those two. It's true that atheism as such does not commit you to the universe coming into being from nothing. Instead, you could argue for an eternal universe, a past eternal universe. But that's becoming increasingly difficult to do, that, that second alternative. And so I think Godless Mom would be really, really surprised at the number of atheists who have been driven to the position that the universe just popped into being uncaused out of nothing. Hmm. She seems to be curious as to why Christians or theists always tend to lead with this question to her, with the question of origins. Well, in, in one sense, it's because it really is a good conversation starter, I would think, Bill. But she, she seems to be curious, well, why are you asking me about something like this, which she called science, mm -hmm. which you corrected. It's, a, it's yeah. a philosophical question. She says, it's the same way they approach everything, top of page two. They have faith, so we must. They have religious beliefs, and so we must also have religious beliefs. Well, now, that, that's a strange comment. One isn't foisting some religious <clears throat> belief on the atheist. One is simply... Um, asking, how could the universe come into existence from nothing? Is that what you affirm? And it's not a, a, a religious belief. That's a perfectly good philosophical question. Now, it's always open to the atheist to say, well, the universe didn't come into being uncaused from nothing. It's past eternal. Matter and energy have always existed in different configurations and forms. But then you've got to answer the philosophical and scientific evidence against the past eternality of the universe. She says, it's just not the case at all, and this question ends up telling us a whole lot more about the asker ah. than it does about the question answering. Okay, I, I thought this was an interesting statement. I think it does embody a profound truth that perhaps Godless Mom didn't intend. She says, the question ends up telling us a whole lot more about the asker than it does about the person answering it. And I think, that, I think that's very true. There is a kind of intellectual curiosity 
and philosophical depth to the person who asks this profound question, who cares about why the universe exists. And to me, Kevin, there is a perplexing and bewildering apathy and indifference and lack of intellectual curiosity on the part of those who just say, I don't care, I don't want to look into it, doesn't bother me. Uh, I think that she's right here. Um, this question, I think, does say a lot more about the person asking it than some of the people answering it. And it, it betokens the intellectual depth of the person who is asking this question, honestly. She says, it tells us that the theist is so uncomfortable with the state of not knowing that he cannot fathom someone okay with it. We must have an answer of our own. Not that you must have an answer, but there must be an answer. I see this a lot, uh, Bill. When I look through the blogs, it's always this, hey, it's okay to say, I don't know. Mm. Your certainty you know, that you're forcing upon us seems a little contrived and, and things like that. And, and it's important to help folks understand one isn't claiming certainty. One's claiming the weight of the evidence or probability. Um, I think that it's highly probable that the universe did begin to exist. Um, that seems to be the view that prevails among contemporary cosmologists. Even Lawrence Krauss, a determined anti-theist, in our dialogue in Australia said that he thinks it's probable that the universe did begin to exist, which is all that I'm claiming. And that something cannot come into being from nothing, there I think that's overwhelmingly uh, probably true. To me, it's, it's a metaphysical absurdity that being should come from non-being. So uh, we would just, I think, want to encourage Godless Mom to think about these questions and to begin to explore uh, rather than to be intellectually inert and indifferent about these profound issues. Th these are questions which have <coughs> occupied the greatest minds in the history of philosophy. Uh, and um, we shouldn't just ignore them, I think. Yeah. And, and Bill, I like your tact. Either in debates or in lectures, or in dialogues, you, you always say, I think that X is the case, and here's why. And so that offers probably the biggest disclaimer in the world. I think that mm. this is the case, and here's why I think it. Yes. She says, the thing is, though, we are okay with not knowing. There are plenty of things we don't understand at this stage in human knowledge and the best thing about being able to admit we don't know is that it leaves room for investigation. Aha, now there is the key. <clears throat> being able to admit that you don't know leaves room for investigation. And that's what I'm pleading for. Investigate. Look into it. Uh, see what the, the arguments and evidence suggest. But don't simply remain in your ignorance due to indifference. And Bill, if we could look uh, here as we wrap it up at some of the comments, she asks some of her friends on Twitter and her blog, okay, what do you say? What do you say when someone asks you, how can you believe something came from nothing? One person replied, I don't. I don't believe that. This is a lie that apologists constantly tell about atheists. 
why not investigate yourself what atheists actually believe rather than making assumptions? Now, this person obviously has not read the atheist literature because when you read how atheists respond to this question, as I say, increasingly they are driven to deny the first premise of the argument that whatever begins to exist has a cause, uh, and they'll try to provide justifications for that. So uh, this is not a lie <laughs> that apologists have uh, said about. Um, this is a position that is prominent in the atheistic literature. Well, Mr. Spock says the same thing. Um, says, uh, I asked them, who made that claim? Well, for example, Quentin Smith, uh, my uh, friend and uh, non-believing colleague from the University of Western Michigan, a metaphysician and philosopher of science. And Quentin argues huh, strenuously that the evidence of contemporary cosmology requires that the universe is finite in the past and had an absolute beginning. And he says that the best explanation of the origin of the universe is that the universe came from nothing, for nothing, and by nothing. <laughs> exactly. Pretty famous for that. Uh, this is interesting here. This uh, person, Alan, says, uh, I would say the only, th that the question only makes sense if you assume nothing is the default state of reality, an assumption that has no objective basis to take. This is uh, an interesting objection. This objection has been made by Adolf Grunbaum, prominent philosopher of science and atheist uh, from the University of Pittsburgh. Um, while that objection is relevant, oh boy, here we get a little technical. While this objection is relevant to the Leibnizian cosmological argument, which does not presuppose the beginning of the universe, but says that even an eternally existing universe would need an explanation for why there is anything rather than nothing. This objection is not relevant to the argument we're talking about today, the Kalam cosmological argument, which says that anything that begins to exist has a cause, the universe began to exist, and therefore it follows that the universe has a cause. That is a deductively valid argument, and I think both of the premises are true, and therefore the conclusion follows necessarily. It doesn't say anything about nothing being a default position. In conclusion, Bill, I, you know, it seems that Godless Mom is identifying perhaps a compliment that the Christians often pay atheists. That is, oh, you're an atheist? Well, then you must be interested in science and philosophy. You must and, think about these things, yeah, too. Yeah, you must think about these things. She, she's going, no, I don't, I don't know. You know, So um, we do tend to lead with, okay, okay well, let's, you know, let's, let's, talk about, let's talk about cosmology. Let's talk about a philosophical uh, question about the beginning of the universe. And uh, I think that's a good conversation starter, and then go through your material you know, with them. But I'm trying to see what she's so allergic to and it might just be that she feels like she's bombarded with that a lot and she doesn't know. But, again, I would just say that it's, it's kind of a compliment. I think it is. It, it assumes that the person you're having your conversation with is 
an intellectually curious person, a deep thinker who cares about these deep philosophical questions, rather than just sports and entertainment and celebrities. Um, so I think that it does pay the unbeliever a sincere compliment to ask these sorts of questions.